Hey, it's Michael, and welcome to another podcast episode. Before I get into today's episode, we wanted to make an offer to you. If you go to firmsconsulting.com, you will see a pop-up or you'll see a place to add in your email address or you can register on the Firms Consulting website. If you register onto that website, you get put into an exclusive list. And what you get in that exclusive list is samples of the content we have available to FC Insiders. So that said, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Next Strategy Skills podcast. I really enjoy doing this podcast series because I know that it's listened to all over the world and it's ranked within the top five, top 10 in most countries. It always surprises me when I go through the rankings and I see that we are ranked number one, in, for example, in Singapore, in Korea, number three in some countries, number two in some countries. It's good. I feel happy that it is possible for people all over the world to get advice from former partners, learn how to think critically, to think like McKinsey and BCG consultants without having to work at the firms, or even in countries whereby the educational system may not be as strong to have access to this information for free. I like knowing that around the world, people are making better decisions and obviously making companies more successful, consumers more happy because they are thinking of better ways to solve problems. So in today's episode, I'm sticking on the visioning workshop by going through questions that readers have had. So one question from a a client, which I think is interesting. He wants to know that, um, does the visioning workshop offer a precise answer? So for example, does the visioning workshop say the company has to do X by playing in this market, gaining this market share, spending so much money to achieve this return on investment in five years? The answer to this is no. The visioning workshop does not offer a precise answer. So for some of you, you'd think, well, that's a failure. What's the point of doing all of this work if it's not going to give you a precise answer? Well, it's only a failure if the visioning workshop does not meet its expectations. The job of the visioning workshop is not to provide a precise answer. Let me give you an analogy to explain this, right? Let's assume, and let's hope this never happens, but let's let's look at, at a past event where it's occurred. Let's assume this never happens in the future, but let's assume, let's look at a past event where a plane has crashed in the ocean. Let's assume that there were some wonderful heroics by the pilot and no one died, but the plane crashed. So it fell off the radar. No one could locate it. It was flying over the Indian Ocean and Through some heroics, the pilot was able to land the plane. No one died, thankfully, but no one knows where the plane landed. Now, realistically, the country from where the plane would have taken off would be involved in the search, and the country where the carrier is registered would be involved in the search. So if this is, for example, Air France, for example, they'd be involved. If it was British Airways, they'd be involved. So Britain would be involved. And if the plane took off from Brazil, the Brazilian authorities would be involved. If the plane, for example took off from Brazil but passed the coast of Colombia, the Colombian officials would be involved. So many different people can be involved. When the news first comes in that a plane has crashed, or the news that will first come in is that we cannot locate a plane. It's been it's been off radar for two hours. It's not a good sign. And then it comes in, okay, maybe there's a protocol that says when a plane has been off radar for three hours, you start alerting the authorities. Now, you've got to imagine what it's like when the head of aviation or head of Coast Guard, whoever is the first person contacted in each country, you've got to imagine how they respond when they get the message, right? They receive a call or a fax or whatever it is saying that a plane has gone down, Air France flight, whatever, or British Airways flight, whatever. It's There's a high probability it's gone down. It's not contactable on radar. Okay. Now, if you're the head of the Coast Guard, you have limited resources 
to cover the wide expanse called the Atlantic Ocean, which is not the biggest ocean in the world, but it's damn big, right? It's huge. So you've got limited resources to cover this massive space. So let's assume that it is the Brazilian Coast Guard that's going to be called in, right? Now, the head of the Brazilian Coast Guard and maybe the head of the Brazilian paramilitary, I don't know how things work in different countries. I don't know who has jurisdiction. They're going to say, okay, we have so much capability in our Coast Guard. We have so much capability. We have these kind of planes, these kind of ships, and so on. Of that capability, this is the amount of resources we can make available. The ocean is much bigger than the amount of resources we can make available. So we call up the French, we call up the Colombians, maybe we call up the Americans because they tend to help on these major searches, and maybe even the Canadians, and they all put together their resources and say, okay, even with the help of the Colombians, the Americans, the Canadians, and the French, we still have too little resources to scour the entire Atlantic Ocean. The Americans are willing to dedicate satellite coverage, but even so, there's only so much time the satellite's going to be passing over this point for you to scour the whole area. So what, what do we have to do? We have to figure out where we have to focus our attention. We have to decide of the entire Atlantic Ocean which area is likely to give us the highest probability of success in terms of finding the plane. In other words, where is the plane likely to be? So we're gonna come up with an area. So obviously, when we do the analysis, we'll say based on everything we know, this area, this 10 square kilometers or 50 square kilometers, this is where the plane is most likely to be, highest probability. But there's so many factors at play here. We don't know exactly when the plane went off radar. We don't know how much fuel it had. We don't know what the problems are. Many things could have happened. The plane could have deviated across. The plane may have turned back. The plane may have started flying at a lower altitude and at a lower speed. So it may have gone to higher altitude, higher speed. The plane may have accelerated. The plane may have lost some cargo. The cabin may have depressurized. Knowing all those things, we have to take all those variables into consideration and say, okay, if this is if this spot for 50 square kilometers is where the highest probability is going to be, what about where the plane would be at a slightly lower probability? Let's assume there's a 90% probability it'll be here. Where would the plane be then if we looked at 80% probability? How would that search area expand? If we went to 70% prob 70 probability, how would that search area expand? 60, 50, 30. And then we come up with a largish area which is large but still dramatically smaller than the entire Atlantic Ocean, which is telling us that the plane is likely to be here. But let's start the search in the highest probability area and work our way outwards. Or they may start another way and say, let's start an area around the perimeter and work our way in. I mean, I don't know who the captain of the Coast Guard is. He may have different protocols and they may have different ways of doing it. The point is that they've narrowed down the most likely area where the plane may be, or in other words, where the solution to the question is, where is the plane? The visioning workshop is exactly like that. That's exactly what the visioning workshop is doing. The visioning workshop is saying that, look, coming into this, there are many stakeholders at Empire International and obviously Empire Energy and obviously the government, which is indirectly owning all of this. There are also stakeholders in the public sector union, the unions. There are stakeholders, as in the media, there are stakeholders with funders. The CEO has his own opinion. The CFO has his opinion. Different board members have their own opinions. If you took every major influencer who could change the direction of Empire International, if you looked at every major influencer or stakeholder and you plotted out what they want Empire International to do, you get a massive universe of options. Huge. Bigger than the Atlantic Ocean. Our job 
in the visioning workshop is not to come up with the answer. We're only three weeks in. Our job is the following. It's using what we know about what we know, using what we've analyzed about value in the market, what we've seen other companies do, what we've seen happening in the energy sector. We're going to say, and, and given all the uncertainty, remember we, do, we are doing a scenario planning exercise as well. Given all of the uncertainty, and there's a lot of uncertainty, given all of the uncertainty in the market, what is the most likely, highest probability strategy that's going to work for Empire International? And then we also have some other concentric, lower probability opportunities. Now, if you look at the videos, you will actually see that. We have this matrix which maps out the highest probability strategy, and then we have lower probability strategies, also known as higher risk strategies. That's why they are lower probability, because the risk of implementing them is so high, they become low probabilities. We have a high probability strategy. The risk is lower, which is why we say it's a high probability strategy. I mean, it actually looks like that, right? So the visioning workshop is meant to eliminate the unlikely strategies, the unlikely plans for Empire International, and focus us on just a few that we will continue analyzing to validate. Now, it's possible that the analysis won't be as rigorous because the analysis we could have done now is so good that when we continue doing the test, we don't need further tests. That's possible. Just because you're doing it early doesn't mean there's lots more analysis to come. You will see in the study that we don't do that much more analysis as much as you think. We do some creative analysis, but not as much as you would think. The core analysis we've done turns out to be accurate, relatable, appropriate, and verifiable as we continue. But the visioning workshop's role is not to come up with a precise answer. It's to come up with a set of options or strategies that we think are most likely for the client, which another way of saying it is to determine what things are not worth analyzing, what options for this company are not worth analyzing. Another way of saying it is to say what we think this company should do and what we think this company shouldn't do where we think this company should play and where we think this company shouldn't play. And again, it's not a precise answer they should play. Yeah, it's to say that we think there's the most value in this area and we're going to focus our attention in this area. Do you, as the executive board of Empire International, agree with this? And they'll say, yes, we think this is where the most value is, so let's exploit it in further detail. But when people say, well, Michael, there's no precise answer here. Well, there actually is. The precise answer is the option, because we've, we've shortlisted a set of options, the precise answer is that option that has what we think is the highest probability of success. But we have not eliminated the imprecise answers, which is the options with the lowest probability of success. The goal of the visioning workshop is not to be precise. It's to scoop up a group of options that we think are worth analyzing and determine which options are worth ignoring. Of the ones that are worth analyzing, we rank them in terms of which ones we think are best. That gives us the precise answer. But we don't ignore the others because the analysis is not complete yet. Now, for a lot of people, this doesn't make sense because a lot of work went into the visioning workshop and you'd think that given all of the work that happened, why is there more not a more precise answer? Because there is no precise answer at this stage. We don't know enough to say with absolute certainty this is the answer. In fact, we will never have absolute certainty because you can't have absolute certainty when you're working for a multi-billion dollar conglomerate with operations across multiple countries, tens of thousands of employees, multiple stakeholders, governed by different regulators in different countries, up against multiple competitors across different technology types, 
whereby decisions and investments last 50 years to 40 years. You're never going to have a precise answer. You're going to figure out this is where I'm going to play, this is how I'm going to play, but on a yearly, five-yearly basis, a lot of changes will have to take place. So the Visionary Workshop does not offer a precise answer. The answer to that is technically, no, it doesn't offer a precise answer, but it's not a failure because it's not trying to offer a precise answer. In reality, it does offer a precise answer, which is the option with the highest probability we think of being successful. We just haven't fully validated it yet, which is why we don't say it's the precise answer. If you go into a workshop in corporate strategy and expecting to have a precise answer that is going to pass every single test that doesn't occur, there are options whereby maybe they'll generate a lot of volume but low value, which means high volume sales, revenue, low profits. There are others that will generate high profits, low volume. There's no one thing that's good or bad. It depends what's good for the client. You have to figure out what does the client want to achieve? How will it get there? And I've explained all of this before, whereby the goal of the client is really whatever the goal of the government is, and that's enacted through Empire Energy. So the goal of Empire International is to help Empire Energy achieve its goals. So that's how we determine the goals of Empire International. But a precise answer is not possible and is not going to occur in this situation. As always, if you have any comments or questions, I'll be happy to answer them. But I hope you're enjoying the series and you're learning as we go through this. And that's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed doing the episode. Finally, I want you to remember that the only way to get access to our special offers, the only way to get our special pricing, and the only way to get samples of our content is to join the list on firmsconsulting.com. It's the only way also to get access to our unique advanced content that we make available to insiders. So if you want to get a sneak peek of things, test it out, see what's in there, this is the place to go. And finally, I want to thank you again for making us one of the largest podcast channels around the world for careers and for the 2 million downloads and counting.